You are listening to Tell It From Calvary, a ministry of Calvary Baptist Church, New York City, where we preach Christ crucified, risen, and coming again. The following sermon is by Dr. Ed Stetzer, author, missiologist, and interim teaching pastor at Calvary. For upcoming events and services, visit our website at cbcnyc.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, good morning, Calvary, and Happy New Year to you. Thanks for joining us for our worship service as we've you know, glorified the Lord, honored the Lord through a song, uh, through engagement in his word we'll look to now. And remember that after the service today, we're actually going to have a special time of prayer uh, via Zoom. So make sure you follow the linked instructions uh, because uh, it'll be good for us to begin 2021 in prayer. Uh, good riddance to 2020. Uh, let's pray at the beginning of 2021. Look forward to joining you and uh, Sean will be leading our time and we'll all be in this together. I'll be praying along with you. So let's uh, remember that. I'll see you after the service. So um, this passage here is fascinating. Uh, and we're going to look at today this particular passage. And we're going to be looking at uh, Philippians chapter uh, 3, verse 17 through 21. And it's a fascinating passage because Paul here contrasts his actions with those who are uh, actually enemies of the cross. And um, we're going to look at a few things. And a theme will be today that kingdom role models invite your imitation. Okay, Kingdom opponents require your serious attention, but you ultimately view yourself as kingdom citizens with an eternal destination. Now, remember just last week, and this is really important from context, that Paul was telling us he hasn't already achieved it. He is not perfect by any means, he, and, but he's going to contrast himself and actually say, follow me, imitate me, join in, imitate, in imitating me, which would seem strange if you hadn't been follow along with us in this series. So let me just remind you that last week we looked at where Paul said, I'm not perfect. I have not yet achieved it. I press on towards the goal. I'm a fellow journeyer, fellow journeyer. I looked it up. That's actually a word. I'm a fellow journeyer on a journey. And before that, in Philippians chapter two, he says to imitate Christ, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Then he talked about Epaphroditus. There were these fellow journeyers with him. Uh, he talked about Epaphroditus and he talked about Timothy. And now he's going to talk about himself which seems strange to us in 2021, but I want you to see the context of that. And if you're just kind of joining us in this part of the series, maybe your New Year's resolution is to engage with uh, a church online. We're glad you're here. Let me encourage you to look back at those prior messages that go into December and November of last year as well. Uh, because here in Philippians chapter 3, well, let's, let's take a look at the text. If you have your Bible, you can open it to Philippians chapter 3 verses 17 through 21. I'm not going to put it on the screen, but I'm going to read it. I'd like you to read along with me. The translation we use here at Calvary is called the ESV. That's the English Standard Version. And we'll look through Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 17 through 21 here. Let's take a look. Brothers, join... It's Adelphos in the Greek, so it'll be brothers and sisters today. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. It says, for many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, their glory is in their shame, 
with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, from whom it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So again, uh, the passage here, Philippians chapter 3, and it's a new example, and ultimately we'll see it's a, it's a new list in a sense, and we'll walk through those. Because in kingdom life, you learn from kingdom role models. You're cautious of kingdom opponents, but you ultimately view yourself as kingdom citizens. That's key. Now, when someone says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, that's kind of awkward for us in 2021, but you have to understand the fullness of it. So we're going to walk through that together, just little by little. And uh, number one on our outline is to embrace God-honoring imitation, to embrace God-honoring imitation. And I think of, in my own life, many role models in my own life. Uh, Steve Morgan was among the first. Uh, Donna and I were just talking about Steve because uh, he was, um, it's interesting, I'm, he was younger than I am now. I'm guessing he was 40, and he was a volunteer youth leader at our little church and very involved in my life. Uh, started me reading books on discipleship, um, was very much engaged in, uh, he actually drove Donna and I on our, I think our second date or something because I didn't have a driver's license, and, um, and he was actually in my wedding. So if you look at my wedding, it's not that you would look at my wedding photos, but if you did, you'd see, you know, all these, you know, my brother and a couple of friends from college, and then this guy who's t- twice our age. And, um, and I did imitate him as he followed Christ. And so this is not a shocking thing for us, right? When we think about it, kingdom models invite your imitation. Kingdom opponents require your serious attention, but ultimately you view yourself as kingdom citizens with an eternal destination. So, so let's look again. It says, brother, uh, embrace God-honoring imitation. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your example and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us, right? So that's key, right? It's join in imitating me. And we hear that and it's okay. That's a little jarring, but it's the idea here is, is actually, um, it's, it's, it's a different word than the usual imitate me in the original language. It's more like join in imitating me and others in the way in which we live. Um, and remember, Paul had said this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, to imitate Christ, now says to imitate him. He includes others as well. He actually specifically says, keep your eyes on those who walk, right? Keep your eyes on those who walk, right? So this is... Um, an idea here is that he talking about like sort of um, imitating me as I'm walking with Christ. Paul wanted to know Christ in three, chapter 3, verse 10. Press on towards the goal in Christ, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. And so then he, he exhorts the Philippians to do the same, is to, is to keep your eyes ultimately on Christ but you can look at me as an example, he says, right? So, so again, he says this elsewhere. He says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. So now, so it's a, it's a key thing. We need to be around people in godly community with godly examples so we can keep our eyes focused on Jesus and be following him. We can't do this alone. Uh, Lone Ranger Christianity just doesn't work. So, I mean, think about how we teach our own children. If you have children, you maybe taught your child to tie 
her shoes. And I still remember teaching my girls to tie shoes. You know, I, I will tie mine. You watch. She would watch when they were little and they were like, what's going on? It's like magic. I will tie mine. You watch. I will tie mine. You help. And then you tie yours. I will help. And you tie yours. I watch. And ultimately, they imitated my actions. And now they tie their shoes all by themselves, right? So, so there's this... Um, there's this clear sense that Paul, after last week addressing uh, any claim of hypocrisy by explaining that, no, 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 I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, he, he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ, because we, we need those kind of role models. Take a look here at what he writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord. For you received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers. Um, and, and so, so you look at a passage like this, right? It reminds us we all need role models. And there's a lot of reminders here, right? We could ask, um, what role models do we have? And hopefully we have role models. What role models we are, um, who's looking to us as an example, and maybe you're a brand new believer, and so nobody is yet, but there'll be a time and you want to live in light of that truth so other people can look to you as that example. And ultimately, um, those both looking to someone for an example and asking who's looking to me as an example are key. Now, here's the reality. We're, it's painful reality. 2020 has been a painful reality that... Um, that not everybody we look up to is living the kind of life that we had hoped. And so when I talk about this, you know, names come to mind. And, and, and we might say, well, this person really didn't turn out to be. And, and that shouldn't, I know it's shocking, but it shouldn't shock us because for 2,000 years, um, Christians have ultimately failed and failed us. And in 2020, some failed us. And um, they'll, there are consequences to those actions. There are wrongs. We need to be honest about them. Sometimes need to be called out. We're going to deal with that specifically in the next point. But what I want to say is don't miss the reality that maybe hero worship in Christianity is not a good idea. Celebrities, not a good idea. But looking to somebody as an example who has evidence themselves, you know, going back to this passage, right? You know what kind of men we prove to be among you for your sake. Uh, to say that person is a godly example. And there are people in our church, thank God for our elders, uh, deacons, staff, many of whom are, are those kinds of examples that we might look to and say, okay, this is the kind of godly Christ honor example that we're talking about here. So that's where Paul starts, right? But that's not the only thing he has to say. Remember, kingdom role models invite your imitation. You want to have somebody that you're looking to as a role model. You want to be a role model for somebody. But kingdom opponents also require your serious attention, as we'll see in just a minute. You ultimately view yourself as kingdom citizens with an eternal destination. So let's go on to number two on our outline. Exercise God-directed attention. Now, the attention here is a negative attention. Take a look. It says, for many of whom I've often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So this is actually Paul's last warning to false teachers and spiritual pretenders, right? His last warning here to them. And... Um, 
it's fascinating too. This is the only time he mentions tears in the whole of all of right of all Paul's writing. The only time he mentions tears, he does this with tears. Um, and there are, it's there seem to be. We don't know the details, and people actually speculate about who he's talking about here. And and uh, I got an idea. I got a thought of who they are, and it doesn't really. It's not really necessary to understand the passage. But these are likely people outside of the church at Philippi that don't reject the gospel with their lips, but, as we talked about before, deny Jesus with their lifestyle or their actions. Uh, they could be Judaizers. They could be someone else. We don't know. We know their actions have given them away. Isn't that a powerful phrase? Their actions have given them away. Uh, when people show you who they are, believe them is a helpful phrase. When people show you who they are, believe them. So Paul's grieving over these wayward Christians in a way that Paul doesn't usually grieve over. I mean, Paul can be a pretty straight-up, hard-nosed guy. So these Christians, he's grieved over them. He uses strong language. And when we say something, uh, but we deny it by our actions, we actually functionally become enemies of God and his kingdom in the world. So he sees them as enemies. They're false teachers. Um, and some people really object to acknowledging that there are, in reality, people who are working against the gospel. And sometimes they're revealed, right? Uh, so let me say it. There are false teachers, frauds, and fakes. There are false teachers, frauds, and fakes. Some of them are Christian television. Some of them are discovered later that we find out some of their fraudulent or their fake realities. But there are real um, reality, real people here for such men, uh, he, Paul writes elsewhere in 2 Corinthians, are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disgusting, uh, disguising, but disgusting too, but disguising, uh, disguising themselves. Here, I'm sorry, I put this here. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And Paul is grieving these people. He's grieving these people. Now, um, I want you to know that in even in 2020 or in the last few years when we have seen the falsity of some christian leaders become evident it has led to some tears for me for us um, and paul's grieving these people and i think we should as well how are our hearts do we have a compassion maybe for people who uh, claim to be christians but are far from christ running from him even people who are maybe teaching false truths we're like what's wrong why uh, Paul says they're enemies of Christ, but never says they're our enemies. So how do we respond? How should we respond? Um, and this is where it gets super tricky because um, the reality is, I think we both have to acknowledge that there are false teachers, right? So this is where Paul specifically is, says, remember to, uh, to exercise this sense of attention towards them, to be aware of them. Um, and yet at the same time, to grieve their actions as followers of Jesus who are misleading others, and to call it out. All those things are ultimately uh, at work here. So let's take a look at another passage that may uh, help us. It says this, For the, to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that's set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So so here's here's, I mean, clearly... A hard truth is that there are people who claim to be followers of Jesus, that probably Paul's talking about here, who he's shedding tears over because of their, the fact that they're misled and they're misleading others. 
and he has some strong words about them. He actually gives four statements about them uh, in, in the passage, four statements about them in the passage. First, um, their eternal condition. He says their end is destruction. Uh, people deny uh, the cross of Christ by their actions are not truly followers of Jesus. There are dark consequences. Uh, the next shows their appetites, right? Their God is their belly, it says. Their God is their belly, which, which again, what, is that, what does that mean, right? So, again, you can see um, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. Now, I'll tell you, as an overweight guy, um, that certainly does include the fact that, um, that the reference here is the fact that they're, they're, they're not exercising self-control. Um, but there's a bigger idea here, right? The, the belly was the root of uh, desires, the, 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 the core of our being. And so their, their God, they indulge earthly desires, right? They're, they indulge all kinds of earthly desires. And thus, they're, they're glor- they glory in their shame, right? They glory in their shame. And people who deny the cross of Christ by their actions celebrate even opposition to God as a point of pride, uh, the concept of continued indulgence is what's here. The God is their belly. Continued indulgent, glorifying in the excesses of sin. They glory in their shame. They glorify in the excesses of sin. It becomes not only something they do, but something they glory in. And it's fascinating to me. Um, a friend and I, a dear friend and I have been talking about uh, a Christian leader who fell. And how do you get to the place where do you do some of these things? Your conscience gets seared over time is a biblical phrase, right? And what happens is, is soon it's, they're in this destruction, their God is their belly, they glory in their shame. They want more of whatever sin or shame has been there. And their minds, Paul fourth, Paul sees their mindset, it's set on earthly things, right? You see it there in the second verse. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, they glory in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. So uh, people deny the cross of Christ by their actions, have a mind uh, disoriented to the real world, distracted by the temporal. They turn everything backwards. Um, some people say you're too heavenly minded to do, to be of any earthly good. You've heard that before. You're too heavenly minded to be of any earthly good. That's um, not being heavenly minded. It's being spaced out. Uh, we're told to be heavenly minded. We're actually told specifically to be uh, heavenly minded, right? This is the difference. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So the right solution is to actually set your mind on heavenly things. The alternative to that is actually those four things, right? Their their end is destruction. Their God is their belly. They glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. Our call is to set our mind on things above. Is to set our mind on things above, which actually leads us to, I think, very, very nicely to uh, number four on our outline. Excuse me, number three on our outline. Embrace your God-given destination. Embrace your God-given destination, right? So, and that's what I want to look at for, for just a moment here. So here, here's what it says, right? Our citizenship is in heaven. From it, we await a savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him to even subject all things to himself. Now, let me remind you that this uh, book is written to a people at a place called Philippi. Remember I told you months ago now 
that Philippi is a special city with a special status in the empire, right? The people of Philippi are citizens of the empire in a special way because of its status as this city. Uh, they're Romans. So the, the people of Philippi know this, right? They take pride in this. And Paul's saying, you know, there's another citizenship here that really matters. Um, there was actually a Roman garrison uh, stationed at Philippi to remind them of their special status. Uh, Paul himself had benefited from his Roman citizenship when first in Philippi at Acts 16, uh, not to mention um, what Paul writes to them from Rome. So, so Paul's reminding them using the word citizenship in a way that's very important. Your citizenship is in heaven. Now remember our big theme here, right? Kingdom role models invite your imitation to be a role model, to have role models. Uh, kingdom opponents require your serious attention, those four warnings about them. But ultimately, you view yourself as kingdom citizens with an internal destination. So number three on our outline is to embrace your God-given destination. Our citizenship is in heaven. You live in light of your identity, a citizen of heaven. It's irrevocable. You live in light of your security, the Savior, incomparable. Live in light of your future glory. He will transform you. Incredible, right? So, so the picture here is that we live in a new home, a new perspective, a new life that is brought about because of and through the work of Jesus Christ on the cross as our Savior right, as our Savior. In contrast, with the earthly-minded, we have a Savior that raises our eyes to the heavens and gives us the sight to behold his glory so we may walk in him. So for Paul, we see here again that um, his citizenship, our citizenship being in heaven, our citizenship being in heaven changes everything. We embrace that God-given destination. Some key things here, right? You know, it's for, for Paul, citizenship was um, less a place and more a people, right? And the people of God who await their savior is key for him. He makes two specific points about this. Their bodies are included. And second, their bodies are transformed. So the body is not completely suitable for heaven. Uh, Malik writes in the American commentary, the body is not suited for heaven unless a transformation takes place. I like the way he puts that. So Jesus is ultimately going to fully transform us. He's already redeemed us, played us, placed us in this new kingdom, right? It says he has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son, Colossians 1.13. So, uh, so, but Jesus is going to utterly transform us uh, to receive his full citizenship in heaven. And he started that process already. And that process is ongoing now. He's working on us and in us to make us more like him. And one day he will transform us to be fully like him. We will be like him in spirit, you know, truth, body, and mind. We will be freed from the shackles of our earthly body that wants to focus on earthly things and our faith will be sight. Because here, big themes, right? When Paul's saying about this imitation, right? It's a recognition that he just said before that, that he hadn't achieved it. He still struggles. He's a fellow journeyer. And then he talks about people who've been misled and with tears, he speaks about them. And then he reminds us that we ourselves are citizens of another kingdom. The kingdom is coming uh, fully. It's already come, but it's coming fully. 
And look, look with me here at Romans chapter 8, verses um, 10 through 11. It's beautiful here. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So that's more detail of what's to come as we embrace our God-given destination. We're already citizens of the kingdom, but our citizenship ultimately is in heaven from whom we await a savior who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious one, right? So we see that, that clear and beautiful picture. Let's look at it again. But our citizenship is in heaven and from it we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body. And that changes everything, right? By the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. So our view of who we are and where we're going impacts how we live now. And as I look and see some of the Christian failures, I'm both reminded there, but the grace of God go I. But I'm also reminded that somehow they took their eyes off of the greater realities of an eternal kingdom and they were driven by desires that were more from a worldly human perspective. And that's heartbreaking because we know people, heroes of our faith, that, that ultimately somehow their end is destruction, their God is their belly, they glory in their shame with their minds set on earthly things. And they're reminded the contrast is set your mind on things above, Colossians says. The, the contrast is to embrace your God-given destination because our citizenship is in heaven from whom we await a savior who is Christ the Lord. So again, let me remind you of the ideas of kingdom citizenship. You live in light of your identity, a citizenship of heaven, which is irrevocable. Uh, you live in light of your security, the savior, right? The savior who's incomparable, incomparable. Um, so, so again, you're, you're living in light of your identity, a citizen of heaven. Um, we await the savior, that's light of your security, incomparable Christ. And then you live in light of your future glory, right? Our lowly body to be like his glorious body. Let me make, let me put it up here so you see the text, right? So it's because I'm saying again, you live in light of your identity, a citizen of heaven. You see that right at the beginning. You live in light of your security, the savior, right? Way to savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you will live in light of your future glory because he will transform. And that's just, that's incredible. So, those things being said, um, in kingdom life, you learn from kingdom role models. In the recent past, some of our role models, well, some of my role models have stumbled in some cases and completely failed in others. And I have to look to the Lord and to say, Lord, uh, there by the grace of God go I. And how might I live my life more in line with the truths of Scripture and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and the power of the gospel. Uh, but then I still have kingdom role models who may be people who are quietly following the Lord for decades. And um, I mentioned Steve, I can mention 10, 15 others. Um, so in kingdom life, you learn from kingdom role models, uh, people we look up to and also ask what kind of role model are we. You're cautious of kingdom opponents. Uh, Paul, with tears, speaks about those who have been led astray and lead others astray. But, le but we ultimately um, view ourselves as kingdom citizens. Remember, kingdom role models invite your imitation. 
Kingdom opponents require your serious attention, but you ultimately view yourself as kingdom citizens with an eternal destination. So we're going to, in just a few minutes after the service, we're going to pray and we need God's grace in 2020. And I want to, excuse me, 2021, we need it in 2020 and God was there in the midst of it. None of it was a surprise to him. But in 2021 and moving forward, we need God's grace. So we want to begin and our staff and our team, elders, deacons and staff, we want to invite you to join us in a time of prayer after this service where we seek to align our hearts for 2021 and beyond with the heart of God, um, to look to him for his grace and strength in the midst of difficult and challenging times. So let me uh, close my message in prayer, then we'll finish up our service, and then I want to remind you, just don't, don't, I know it's, you know, we all can rush into the day, but join us and let's just pray together. Let's ask God's grace and strength as we look to the future. Would you pray with me now as we conclude our message? Father, by your grace and goodness, you've redeemed us and called us by name, and we acknowledge that we need your grace and strength and your help. Father, remind us that kingdom role models invite your imitation. Thank you for the example of Paul, imperfect as he himself described. Lord, I thank you for the examples of people in my life like Terry. I thank you for people like Steve and like Mark and like others who've spoken into my life and my journey, people like Stan and others. And Father, I imagine that there are people that everyone praying can thank you for. And Father, I pray too that I might be the kind of role model for others. Lord, acknowledging I struggle and fail. We all struggle and fail. Help us to be both looking to role models and being role models. Lord, remind us of the reality that kingdom opponents are real and they're led astray and with tears as Paul. We should speak out, speak up, but also just weep that they have been misled. And Father, remind us ultimately we are kingdom citizens. Our citizenship is heaven, is in heaven, and we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So Father, as we give 2021 to you, we lean into all of our hearts and all of our lives so that you might receive the glory that you want in our lives and in our church. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Thank you for listening to Tell It From Calvary. If you feel led to give toward the local, national, and global ministries of Calvary Baptist, please visit cbcnyc.org give or call us at 212-975-0170. We hope you join us next time as we continue to tell it from Calvary.